You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison. At Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Monday, a very exciting Monday, as the Pelicans announce a brand new GM in the Nets, Trajan Langdon. I'll break down what that means for the team, what his role will be going forward, but rest assured, this is a very exciting time here in New Orleans. We also got some other news over the weekend that the Pelicans are planning to massively upgrade their facility and make things better for their players. I'll give you the details on that as well. And then we had some rumors about the Lakers and Anthony Davis on Friday. I actually went on Locked on Lakers on Friday to kind of quash some of that. We'll quash some of it here in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So before we get to the really exciting Trajan Langdon news, today's show is brought to you by Grip6, where their goal is to literally make the best belt that's ever been made. Grip6 is an easy, thoughtful gift for dads, brothers, husbands, uncles, grandpas, even moms and wives with their women's collection. Ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap, and it carries a low profile with the belt buckle laying flat against the waist. It is super comfortable. I've been wearing these to work. I've been wearing these out of work all the time. I absolutely love these things. Grip 6 is the only belt with no holes, holes, no flap, and no bulk, and you've got to get one for yourself with the special offer over at grip6.com slash L-O-C-K-E. That's grip6, the number 6.com slash L-O-C-K-E. So big news of the day, Pelicans naming a general manager to work under Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations, David Griffin, and that man is Trajan Langdon, who was actually interviewed by the Pelicans for Langdon or for Griffin's position when they were looking to fill that top decision maker in terms of basketball side of everything. So the David Griffin role here. But now he's officially coming to New Orleans to work under Griffin as the GM. It's an title upgrade for him because he's most recently since 2016 been working as the assistant general manager for the Brooklyn Nets. He's also the GM of their G League affiliate, the Long Island Nets, for the past three years, and he was named the G League Basketball Executive of the Year last year for the 2018-2019 season when their G League affiliate had the best record in the league at 34-16. They were the number one seed in the playoffs and made it to the finals. Prior to the Nets, he worked in the Cleveland Cavaliers organization um, as director of player administration and basketball operations under David Griffin. There's a connection there. And then before that, he was working with the San Antonio Spurs as a pro scout from 2012 to 2015 and won an NBA title with them there. So former first round pick back in 99 from Anchorage, Alaska. He's known as the Alaskan Assassin. Played at Duke where he uh, played four years there before going overseas, playing in a couple different places throughout Europe and having a pretty illustrious European career. This is a big hire because this is a guy who's thought of very highly around the league. Interviewed here in New Orleans 
for their top spot. He interviewed over with Minnesota for their top spot as well. And I'm, I think maybe the Washington Wizards as well. So we got some quotes from the team here. And this comes from David Griffin saying, quote, From the moment I met with Mrs. Benson and her team, it became clear that her commitment to the success of our franchise is absolute. This is one more very clear sign of that commitment. Trajan is a tremendous talent and shares in our vision of what it means to be part of the Pelican family on and off the floor. We are excited to add he and his family to our leadership group as we continue building upon that vision. And then this comes from Gail Benson. We are very pleased to welcome Trajan and his family to the New Orleans Pelicans. Our priority is to build the best basketball team both on and off the court. This is another positive step that puts our organization in a position to be successful. Langdon is mostly known for his scouting and the G League stuff. So the G League stuff is important because the Pelicans are getting their own G League affiliate next season, the Erie Bayhawks, before they then move to Birmingham at some point in the future after that. You need to take advantage of that here in a small market having a guy who has experience tremendous experience and a good track record of running that successfully is going to be really important don't be shocked to see him either have a be the gm of the g league team or have a big hand in selecting the person that becomes the gm of the g league team and then kind of helps them run that because he's got the experience doing that the scouting is also important look at his track record with the Brooklyn Nets and some of the guys that they have there if you look at the minutes per game for them last season and this was a playoff team it's guys that have Langdon's fingerprints all over them they had two guys play over 30 minutes per game D'Angelo Russell who they acquired in a trade this past two years ago I forget what it was two years ago from the Los Angeles Lakers buying low on a very good asset and a guy who became an all-star so he's been involved in that move D'Angelo Russell again all-star last year 21.1 points per game seven uh, assists per game then he signed Joe Harris off kind of the scrap heap from the Cleveland Cavaliers Joe Harris averaged over 30 minutes per game I think he almost led the league in three-point percentage he shot 47.4 percent from deep last year in route to 13.7 points per game he basically did that when he came in on like a, a minimum contract not making much at all before they signed him to a nicer deal with kind of what he deserved. Um, But for his first two years there in Brooklyn, he made under $2.5 million combined. That and and outperformed that tremendously. And you guys have heard me say this a lot over the past couple of weeks. You need to sign these guys in free agency that massively outperform their deals because you're not getting these big name free agents. And you can't go and sign big guys like Solomon Hill who then don't live up to that money because he kills your salary cap because you just got no tools to kind of get around that. Guys like Joe Harris, that's what you need here in New Orleans if you want to compete. Another name, Spencer Dinwiddie, who for the Brooklyn Nets last year averaged 28 minutes per game. This is a guy who's basically given up by Detroit after being drafted a couple years ago. Brooklyn signed him. He's become a very, very good starter. First season with the Brooklyn Nets, $725,000, then $1.5 million, then $1.6 million before earning a big money deal that is very well worth it. During that time, or during last season, Spencer Dinwiddie, who averaged 16.8 points per game, 4.6 assists. Pretty good numbers. You also need to hit in the draft, drafting guys late and making the most out of them and not missing on draft picks. Karis Levert, who was drafted by the Indiana Pacers, but then traded for by the Brooklyn Nets because they saw the potential in him to bring him in here. This is a guy who was in the 20s when he was drafted, 13.7 
points per game. Jarrett Allen started 80 games for him at center last year. He was drafted in the mid-20s by Trajan Langdon and the rest of that staff. It's a guy who gave you 10.9 and 8 rebounds per game. Pretty good overall from all of this team. Rondé Hollis Jefferson's another one of them too. Brought in on draft night. Um, so selected, not officially by the Nets, but basically by the Nets. 8.9 points per game. All of these guys cheap outperforming their contracts and give, helping this team get to the playoffs by tooling around the edges. That's what you've got to do in the small market. And Trajan Langdon has kind of the, the pedigree of finding these guys and making it happen. And that's a huge asset here in New Orleans. This is the first hire for David Griffin in the front office we've seen. And I mentioned it, that right now it's been everyone they've had before that worked under De general manager Dell Demps. Now I think you'll start to see some more moves eventually. Maybe some of the current guys go away. I do not know. Or they're just going to look to bring in more people and really fill out this front office. Scouting's going to get a big bump up. Analytics is going to get a big bump up. And you know Langdon's going to have a hand in hiring all of the people that we'll see with this team in the future. So really great move. Again, Langdon's not coming cheap. This is ownership, spending money to get a guy that David Griffin wanted, a guy who can add a lot to this team Big move for the Pelicans, and good for them. This has been a hell of an offseason. We haven't even gotten to the draft or to free agency yet, but look at how it's gone so far. David Griffin, then you get Zion Williamson, you got Aaron Nelson, and we're going to talk about that coming up because the Nelson hire is going to have huge ramifications, and this came out late in the, at the end of last week too, and we really need to kind of dive into that. And then you get Zion, and now you've gotten Langdon. This is kind of how you've completely changed the perception of the organization. I spoke to some people around the league connected in various capacities and what they thought, whether they're connected to the Pels or other teams, everyone has been impressed when before they weren't impressed. I had talked to an agent who didn't want any of his, his clients to come here and play in New Orleans. He's changed his tune about that. So shows you how things are kind of moving in a positive direction for New Orleans and you should re feel really good about the future of this franchise. So a lot of news coming out about this team very quickly. Make sure you stay up to date with all of it by subscribing to Locked On Pelicans through the Himalaya podcast app. Go to your app store, download Himalaya, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans, and never miss an episode. Himalaya's also got personally curated playlists letting you get the content you want to hear about. So download Himalaya and subscribe to Locked On Pelicans. So we had a double dose of news on Friday. We're going to talk about the first part right now, and then we'll talk about the second part of it in the next segment here. Uh, but this comes from Chris Mannix in an article he wrote over at Sports Illustrated that said, and this is the quote from the article, Gentry revealed that Griffin and Aaron Nelson, the Pelicans' new vice president of player care and performance, submitted a plan to upgrade the team's facilities. The renovations, Gentry said, cost around $800,000, and Benson Rubber stamped it. Oh, hell yeah, that's what you want to hear if you're a New Orleans Pelicans fan. This team has been cheap in the past. Let's not deny that, but they're just spending $800,000 to upgrade the facility. By the way, it was a $15 million practice facility and everything included with it, which was opened under five years ago, and now they're already spending a lot of money to upgrade that, get it to the standards that they really feel it should be. After winning the lottery, Griffin said to NBA TV and ESPN, uh, quote, we'll be having shovels in the ground, completely redoing aspects of the training room, weight room, and the strength and conditioning areas. They're continuing to invest in this at the highest levels, end quote. 
that's what Griffin said, kind of gave us a preview of what it would be. Maybe we didn't quite know the extent of it. And then over on WWL Radio, voice of the Pelicans on TV, um, Joel Myers kind of let it slip too that this renovation was going to be going on and just wonderful for the Pels investing into this, trying to make this a first-class operation, a first-class organization around the NBA. And as I said in the last segment, talking to people around the league affiliated with the Pelicans and not affiliated with the Pelicans, they are doing just that. This can't be said enough because this is how you attract guys to come and play for you and how you become a destination. You need every advantage you can have. Players spend the majority of their time at the practice facility, in the weight room, in the training room, all of those things. You got to make it really nice. It's like how college football teams invest in their locker rooms because that's the majority of time, uh, time that players are spending. And if you want to recruit at the highest level, you got to give them a fun place, a nice place to go there and not just kind of have an also ran facility because they're going to go someplace else. And New Orleans is kind of doing that. If you want to impress free agents, doing something like this and having it be state of the art as nice as possible with every amenity they could want is the way to do it. Solomon Hill kind of let it be known when he came here in New Orleans, he was surprised they didn't have certain pieces of equipment, those cryo chambers and other things. When basically everyone else around the league has it, it makes you kind of feel like this isn't the best well-run team or they didn't care. This is how you erase all of it. This is how you can get better free agent signings than Solomon Hill. And I think it's kind of as simple as that. So this is a big step. This is also going to pay dividends on the court. In terms of lack of games missed, New Orleans has regularly kind of been up high when it comes to games missed due to injuries and all of that. Now they're going to take an entirely different approach, try and just get all the pieces of equipment that this team might need to get guys healthy and keep them out there because you're not going to win very many basketball games with guys sidelined to the degree that the Pelicans have had recently. So big sign from the New Orleans Pelicans, from ownership, from David Griffin, that this is an entirely new organization basically from the ground up. So good to hear that the Pelicans are investing the money into the, uh, into the facility as well as just everything else that's going on. So before we get to the final piece of news from the weekend, which does involve the Los Angeles Lakers and Anthony Davis trade talks on your way into work in the morning, don't forget to listen to the Locked On Pelicans podcast. When you get in your car, all you need to do is tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Pelicans. Just say it out loud. Play podcast Locked On Pelicans and you'll get the latest episode. Tons of news coming. And it's an exciting time here in New Orleans. Make sure you're caught up to date with everything and tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Pelicans. So at some point on Friday, it was reported by ESPN and Jackie McMullen, I believe on The Jump or one of their other shows, that Gail Benson would trade the Lake or Anthony Davis to the Lakers, quote, over my dead body, end quote. And that basically the Pelicans weren't going to operate in good faith with the Lakers when it came to trade talks, just like it was reported that they weren't doing at any point leading up to the NBA trade deadline. This is stupid. And that's all I really should say about this. But I actually went on to the Locked on Lakers podcast and we discussed it. And it was the first question that Anthony Irwin, their host, who also hosts the Friday edition of Locked on NBA, asked me. And I said, it's not true. They came close to a deal at the deadline. It just made more sense for the Pelicans to wait because that offer was still going to be there. Or it might be even a little bit better with the Celtics unable to kind of get into the mix. There was no point in making a deal then when you couldn't fully evaluate all actual offers at the same time. 
And he agreed. And he had said he heard the deal was close and that it wasn't that the uh, Pelicans were not trying to negotiate with the Lakers. They talked. The Lakers weren't able to blow him away with an offer. Remember, their first offer was centered around Rajon Rondo, Michael Beasley thrown in a sweetener, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, and like a couple at one first round pick or something. And that's just not even going to get the the Pelicans to keep you on the phone. They'll hang up on you if you do that. The reason things didn't go anywhere was the Lakers dicked around with it, to be honest, early on, hence that offer. You had an exclusive negotiating period, but with that exclusivity comes a premium that you need to pay. And the Lakers didn't want to pay it, hence why no deal got done. And you at least want the Boston Celtics to get into the mix. You wanted to see how the lottery was going to break out because now the Knicks are certainly in the running for the Anthony Davis signature and to have him on the team next year. All of that's important. And, you know, if you're looking at the Pelicans who are going to trade Anthony Davis for the best haul they can possibly get, if you rule out a team, that hurts you on so many levels. If you just immediately say, we're not trading him to the Lakers, the Celtics can come in and offer you less. The Knicks can come in and offer you less because one of the players who's in competition for Anthony Davis is not there anymore. That's dumb. That's not how you want to negotiate, and it just puts the Pelicans in a worse spot. There's no way that was the case. The other thing is, we can clearly see that David Griffin is running the show and doing this how he wants to do. If he wants to trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers, AD is going to the Lakers. He wasn't taking this job without anything other than 100% complete control. Not, okay, we'll give you complete control on everything other than you can't trade AD to the Lakers. That's not part of this. He can trade AD wherever the hell he wants to. And I I know a lot of fans don't want him to go to the Lakers. That's fine, but that might not be what happens. He might like their offer the best. He might like the Celtics offer the best. He's going to take the best offer, but certainly the Lakers are in the running for Anthony Davis. It just kind of depends on what they're going to offer and what other teams are going to offer. And Fletcher Mackle threw cold water on this story too, saying that he spoke to Gail Benson, and that is not true whatsoever. He said she laughed and called that report totally absurd. Totally absurd and completely untrue. That's the quote from Gail Benson about trading AD or not trading AD to the Lakers. This was stupid. And you got to kind of try and figure out who's doing this because the Lakers shouldn't be leaking things like this because that's not going to help them. And frankly, they need to learn their lessons. This obviously isn't coming from the Pelicans because that makes no sense. This is likely coming from the Celtics. And trying to make it seem like, okay, well, we're going to come in with a lesser offer because you're not going to trade them there or to kind of increase their leverage in some capacity with this. It's dumb. Basically, teams that want to dick around and not really just make the flat out best offer for AD that they can make are not going to get AD. And that's how this is going to go. And to see teams kind of doing this already is unbelievably dumb. Jackie McMullen, who is a goddamn legend of an NBA reporter, by the way, is a Boston person, has ties to that organization probably more so than any other. Kind of gives you an idea of where this is coming from. But it's laughable to think that the Pelicans would not trade AD to the Lakers. They may not because it's not the best offer, but it's not because they're just pissed off at the team. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through the Himalaya podcast app or wherever you get your podcast from. Please leave a five-star rating as well. Don't forget, grab yourself a Grip 6 belt because these things are absolutely awesome. You can do so over at Grip6.com slash L-O-C-K-E. That's Grip6.com slash L-O-C-K-E. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow. 